The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Good afternoon, you are listening to Stopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM on your London dial and www.resonancefm.com on your international internet. This is me, this is Simon Tishko, this is Isotopica and today's episode, today's episode is the people's episode. Perhaps it's... Okay, it's going to be a bit of a rant to start off with, a bit of a sort of twist around the words, because there's just so much to say on this topic, and it branches into every area of my life, and I believe every area of your life. It's the state of the world. It's the state of the neoliberal free market economy. It's the end game or ever where we are in the game of margaret thatcher and ronald reagan's oh so ignorant and abysmal planning their notions of what should be a world but here we are in it and there's lots of consequences and one of the consequences is that all value has been squeezed from our lives where do you think where do they think where is it thought that the huge profits come from when you ring a society, it's not just the money, but it seems to be the very value of a human life, the very value of a cultural life, the very cultural soul, the inner life of the human being seems to have been degraded by the Chicago School of Economics and their neoliberal planning. Now, what are we doing with that on the radio? Why am I bringing this to you, an art audience? Because I'm an artist. And as an artist, I'm very sensitive, very, very sensitive. And that sensitivity is built from, oh, where's it come from? Over the years, I've done lots of very pleasant things. One of the very pleasant things I often did in my youth and all the way through into my later years is go to the art house cinema. I'd go to the art house cinema and over the years many of my friends worked in the art house cinema. It seemed to be the perfect place to go and you're living in London and you went to somewhere like the Metro Cinema in Rupert Street which is now long gone or the Curzon Cinema or the Ritzy or somewhere like that where you'd be working with kind of like-minded people and the, not only would you be working with those people but the people that came into the cinema would be like-minded people and you'd find yourself discussing the films knowledgeably and pleasantly with the staff. Your staff would be like my friends because often many of my friends were working there. And it was nice. It was like I'm going somewhere where I belong, where the films are filling my mind and growing my soul and the exchange with the people working there, the people going there. We're all there for the same reason. It's something. But do you know what? That has now become a marketed brand. It's being squeezed. It's been pushed. It's been hollowed out, I believe, allegedly, into a plastic version it's kind of like the difference between loving sex between two adults and pornography that's kind of the way i see it that's what our society is like it's like 
Tory Britain at the moment to me is like a pornographic magazine and it's one that I've never really been that fond of pornography and I certainly do not want to can I say that in this afternoon slot I was gonna say but I probably won't I'm not gonna stick the pages of Tory Britain together because I don't find it very stimulating culturally emotionally spiritually there is such a thing it's all become a bit of a drag and this week if you pay attention which I'd like you to do as a resonance listener you'll find that the ritzy workers are actually going out on strike and they're striking for a living wage at the Curzon cinema the workers are no longer allowed to read books while they're on the shift and I mean I'm in my early 50s now and I have so many times gone to the workers at a cinema what are you reading that looks really interesting have you read x y and z and I've learned something it's part of the exchange but that's gone now because and you're probably going to see in fact I believe they're going to be wearing sponsored uniforms soon and we are talking Curzon cinemas ritzy cinemas and all of those places that we have known and loved anyway the profit the profit margin people don't matter anymore there's a lovely article which appeared last summer in a fantastic publication which I'd thoroughly advise you all to look at, which is Strike Magazine. You can see that at uh, www.strikemag.org. And this particular article starts off, Have you ever had the feeling that your job might be made up? That the world would keep on turning if you weren't doing the thing you do nine to five? David Graeber explores the phenomena of bullshit jobs. And that was in the summer issue anyway. And it's a sensational article. I suggest you read it. He's looking at notions of the Keynesian ideas from the 1930s, which were that through industrialization, the capitalist system would produce a excess of time for us all that we'd only need to work four five six several hours a week at the most we could work more if we wanted to if that's what we chose to do which many of us would do for instance the teachers the workers the people at ritzy the people at the curzon part of the reason they work there they enjoy going to work but in a bullshit job in a mac job as it's come to known who enjoys that why is that who said this should happen it's 20th century slavery hands up people out there and I think I'm talking to a very privileged listenership because I think a larger percentage of resonant listeners resonance FM listeners will be doing things they enjoy because a lot of us work in the arts and the arts is something very perverse because it's something that more people work for less money and do more for nothing than any other area of human activity I believe and I read that in a book and anyway it's been degraded and so this week i was very lucky to speak to some staff members from some of our favorite art house cinemas and because of the perverse zero hour contracts and the kind of nasty 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 world we live in these days i've had to devoid i've had to disguise our conversation so that no one could understand or recognize who the voices are because 
Dissent is no longer allowed. As you know, journalists are criminalized and protest. We're going to be blasted off the streets with water cannons if that asshole of a man, Boris Johnson, gets his way. I did say that. And uh, listen to this conversation. They're really nice people. Um, these people are now my friends. I've met them, and they would be your friends too if you met them. All they want to do is work in a nice place and they want to work around the arts which is presenting film they want to be enthusiastic and they simply would like a living wage because we have a system at the moment where bullshit jobs are subsidized by public money so money going off into trust funds offshore hidden everywhere subsidized from public money it's a kleptocracy we know it's a kleptocracy max kaiser has been telling us for years we live in a kleptocracy we know it and one of the things that's been stolen of the quality of our lives it's not just money that's been stolen it's the very fabric of our society this is the country i now feel as foul britannia it's not the joyous place it used to be and I'm going to be doing some academic research on this I'm going to prove it in a doctoral thesis you see if I don't anyway today we're also going to be hearing from a representative of left unity which is a very recently put together political party hopefully standing up for some of the things that the left used to represent that labor used to represent but as we all know since tony blair labor itself has moved so far to the right that there's very little but a piece of paper between them and the tories but i must say that space is a very very important space and the local elections are coming up in the middle of may and i expect your vote to be as far left wing as it can possibly be otherwise why are you listening to isotopica here on resonance 104.4 fm Anyway, I'm rambling on because it's just big, it's big, it's, it's, it's passionate and it should be passionate. I can't understand how five years into this foul um, government coalition that the streets aren't just full of people 24 hours a day until it stops. But it carries on and a lot of the people we pass in the streets, the people that vote and support this, that's the world we live in, a kind of Stepford world, I believe. But anyway... The conversations and the voices that we'll be having with the Curzon workers have been disguised. I don't think you'll be able to tell who we're speaking to. And as a result, it's not as clear as it could be, but this is resonance and I'm presenting it as a sound piece. And we got about 20 minutes of that and there's some really interesting and really passionate stuff said during that conversation. So it's worth pinning back your ears and seeing what you can make from this. We're also going to have, as I say, a brief conversation with um, Salman from Left Unity, and I'm going to have lots of links on my website, being www.thecultured.net. Follow the links to uh, Resonance and Radio, and there will be lots of pointers for this stuff, because this is things to sign up to. These are things to get involved in. You need to support the Curzon workers, because they are our friends. You need to support the Ritzy workers, because they are our friends. The places that they are trying to protect and simply earn a living wage from are the places we, as Resonance listeners, like to go. But they are being hollowed out. Every single bit is squeezed out into a plastic, plastic experience. 
that says it, doesn't it? Anyway, this is me, this is Simon Tishko, this is Isotopica, and let's, 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 let's pin back our ears and let's go on another sonic detour. And this one, this one goes to the left. Let's see what will be. and everything that's there and the idea of this kind of struggle mm. going on now just no, not my stop yeah. so if, if I'd really be happy just to discuss it in those terms and well you discuss it in your terms and I'm coming at it from that point of view sure um, and I'd love to know what's happening and if we can do this in a way that helps you and doesn't hinder the cause because I'm really aware these days it's, it's almost impossible to protest anymore. Mm. Yeah. Just, just protest itself. You can't. Yeah. 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 How the fuck did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be worth starting with how, why you felt you needed to do something about the London Living Wage because I was amazed to discover that it is a human right to have a decent wage. Exactly. When the Ritzy people who, by the way, were voted to go out on strike from next week, great with a London Living Wage, and those, um, they pointed to the Declaration of Human Rights says, I bought the leaflet, but that says that, um, Article 23. Yeah, that you have a right to dignity, to, to yeah. have a wage that will give you dignity in, in your life. So well, there's, there's an artist that I've worked with in the past, and she has been doing, she died last year, Monica Forgotten, surname, and she did um, readings of the Declaration of Human Rights, where what you had to do was you came along, loads of different artists were invited, yeah. and people, and it was all recorded, and you were asked to memorise one of the sections and then recite it as well as you could from memory and people doing it in their own language and in their own way and missing bits but it's hugely emotional because the Declaration of Human Rights is so beautiful it, it's just like bringing tears just those basic statements and it's really bizarre when one hears you know the Daily Mail and the uh, Tories and things you know fighting back the tide of human rights why would they not do that are they robots are they people that you know to have fear of people having rights and accepting that it's in everyone's benefit to do yeah. that. It's 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 it, it's like I've woken up in some clone world. Mm. I've not been paying attention. So, yeah, living wage is a human right. There's no Are doubt you about it. Now? Yeah, it's okay, just it's just talk gone. about talk about why. I mean, it was a whole year ago. that more than a year ago. Yeah, I mean, we've been actually asking for a rise for like I mean. 
since 2000. It started about eight, nine years ago, and we just asked for repairs because we couldn't afford it. But they kept on saying they're not making any money, any money and all that. And so we just kept quiet about it, and every year we just kept on asking, and they just said we're not making any money. And eventually they started to uh, expand, buying new cinemas, and they're going, well, how the hell are you getting money for that? You know? <coughs> and, um, and also, you know, they, they, they don't listen to us. They will give feedback, and we, you know, and they just, you know, they promise us something, and they break the promises, and we just, uh, we just had enough. And so but there was a lot of redundancies as well around that. Time. Yeah. All the kind of job security started to get really wobbly, mm. um, which was what made us join in the first place. Just mm. job security, and then we kind of off the back of that yeah. because we had a bit more kind of structure as well. We were like, yeah. we might as well also push for what we need. Yeah. And, and, we, and yeah, and you were a bit scared, I, mean, I was a bit scared to speak out because they might just, you know, know who the troublemaker and then they, they, they can do stuff. Well, they've, been, they've been hunting for us. They've been hunting. Like, since, ever since we joined the union, they've been trying to, like, there's been a bit of a witch hunt to find out who started the campaign. Mm, yeah. They're constantly sending in people and asking us questions. There's constant investigations over certain things that happen at the cinema, the interviews. Because remember, they're on zero hour contracts, which can be used as a way of course. Suddenly you've got no work. You've got no work. So, um, when, you, when we're talking about the, and by the way, let's try and point our conversations rather than at me, let's try and point it. Them, the listener in the middle of the kitchen table. <laughs> um, uh, who, who are they? Because I've always thought of these independent cinemas as kind of really warm and cuddly and friendly organisations. You know, going all the way back to like the Electric Cinema in Portobello in the in the seventies and things like that. I am that old. But um, who are they now? The Claire's and Bosses, really, the head office, which is uh, the CEO, is Philip Natchbull. Mm. Uh, he's the man, and he's got people working under him. Um, yeah, he's got people working under him. And um, those are the people um, who's running the cinema. And um, It used to be a sort of family business. Yes, yeah. Under previous owners. And Philip Latchball came in, but he came in with other companies being sort of serious commercial investors rather than um, a family. I think he personally is quite fanatical about film, but the enterprise is entirely commercial now and it's in sense of being more and more commercial. Yeah, I think they like to still ride on the back of the reputation they've built and this kind of independent ethos. But, you know, realistically now, it's very kind of very business minded there's lots of shareholders they're just trying to make as much money as possible we've seen a decline in the kind of programming um, their kind of support of independent filmmakers and independent artists has, has definitely declined there's nothing really for those people anymore mm. um, who were their main demographic they were the main audience yeah. and now they're being ostracised um, by the companies so that they can't even afford to come and see a film anymore I don't remember when I, I I used to go to Chelsea. It's, it's, that's one of the pairs. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's one of the main things. Just an utter joy of one of those big seats in the afternoon, mm -hmm. going along the luxury of it, watching some obscure French film has been a part of my cultural education for for thirty or years. Yeah, and. Um, I, I don't remember when I last went because mm. I kind of looked and it's James Bond on there or something. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and so we were just so frustrated and we just didn't know who to turn to and then eventually someone told us about Baktu, the union, and then we got in touch with Baktu and, you know, Baktu came along and told us what they, what they can do for us and then we all joined Baktu and then we started campaigning and that's how it all started really. Okay. Yeah. What is Baktu exactly? Because it's a name I've come across so many times over many, many years. Um, Bektu is the media entertainment union, so it covers cinema workers, theatre workers, BBC workers, bingo, you know, anybody and anybody who's involved basically in, in entertainment. And it's backstage though, so it's not equity, it's not the musicians union, yeah. it's for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, when we uh, were called in, I'm very pleased to have been called in because um, we had to explain that you needed um, a certain majority of people within the workplace to get collective recognition. Um, everybody joined for individual recognition, not everybody, but a large proportion joined for individual recognition. And then we gradually, uh, but this is not the interesting bit, but we, you know, we gradually argued it. It took months and months uh, for them to say, yes, it is a constructive thing to have a union to speak to on behalf of the world. Because you used to have um, staff reps and forums in which you encountered all this frustration of promises and delays and. Um, yeah, they, they used to have this thing called a uh, forum, staff forum, uh, which big bosses would come in and sit down and tell us what the company is going at, you know, doing in the future, or, you know, and then we sort of give feedback of what we want and the issues. They take it back, and then they ignore it. They don't come back, and then they say, the next meeting will be this, and then we'll come back with the solution. Yeah. So it was, it was just a soft in many ways. Yeah. Nothing, there, was, there was nothing formal about no, it. No, I mean, one thing that we've done in the union, they kind of created this forum as a way to kind of distract us, and they yeah. also used it as kind of for those people who weren't yet union members to say, oh, we don't need the union, we've got our own staff forum, we can talk about it in-house. Yeah. Obviously, it was just a way to delay and kind of force yeah. off. Nothing ever, ever came mm-hmm. in these meetings. Yeah, and you know, back to the parents on members, um, uh, Fees, you know, because when you join back, you pay a monthly yeah, fee. Of course. And that's how they survive, <laughs> to support us. And so, Kevin sort of took that as like, you know, if you join the staff forum, perhaps it's free, you don't have to pay anything. Yeah, yeah, but if you don't have to, you have to pay. But it's, it's fine, you know, we kind of, you know, you have to pay someone to do the service for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're quite grateful for that. Otherwise, it's too close. Well, the great thing about um, what. The co- I'm not speaking as me though. I don't Can I talk as if I'm a person? Do you, you mind if I do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes it easier, yeah. otherwise it's obvious as yeah. 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 um, No, but what was great about what we did was that um, the an outside customer offered to set up an online petition for us and um, and encourage people to sign it. Right. And from that we got Ken Loach who joined and Mortis, Mike Lee, Miriam Margulis, who brought equity. Um, so all kinds of people gathered around it precisely because, unlike Odin's symbol view, mm. person has got this brand of being yes. an indie that wants to really promote film mm. and um, and look after everybody and have you know the Human Rights Watch Festival um, and so on. You know, so it's, so within that branding, within that branding, mm-hmm. um, it made no sense not to be a good employer. Yes. You know? To care about films, to care about your staff as well. And it was yeah. best. Um, it was put best by Ken Loach, who said filmmakers value cinemas like the person. We all want to see it become successful, but that cannot be at the expense of those who work there. Of course not. It's, it's, it becomes empty. It becomes. I think 
what this looks to me it's just another example of the plasticization of culture it's it's mm. kind of it's, it's almost pornographic like you know pornography is just the plasticization of human relationships mm. this is a plastic version of caring about people and about film yeah. it can't possibly be when all of the money is just siphoned out of the top exactly and how you can possibly employ people and not expect them to live from that yeah mm. I, I simply don't understand mindset well yeah. this is it and i think we're quite um we feel quite wanted to be part of kind of a bigger campaign now which yeah. is you know london living wage living wage mm. like our colleagues at ritzy um bfi um, and also every man now we're all working to try and get living wage um, and we've been doing a lot of work with mark thomas and he kind of he puts it really well and he says you know if minimum wage was enough if you didn't need London living wage you wouldn't need benefits mm. you know but the fact the fact that people a lot of people have to go on housing benefits as well as work shows that minimum wage isn't enough yeah. Yeah. we're subsidised we're subsidising exactly. shareholders yeah. that's exactly it's, it's it. absurd like, whereas if, if, if the private companies were to step up then people wouldn't have to rely on state and other taxpayers yeah. to subsidise their income yeah. and so it's just it just makes sense <laughs> for the whole country, for everyone, mm. for these folk companies to, you know, take a little bit here on their profits. Yeah. Someone like hers, as much as they say they're breaking even, it's very hard to believe, kind of, being somewhat aware of what the top people earn, that it would really be that drastic. Mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd use the language not to say take a hit on their profits, I'd just say stop stealing. <laughs> stop stealing, <laughs> <laughs> because they're stealing from you. Yeah. Yeah. People are working, it's theft, it's yeah. not, it's, you know, to... And, and the way you said that, you know, to take a little hit on their profits, because profits have become sacred mm. and people are disposable now. Mm. Did, how did that happen? Mm. Mm. Where was that that happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who put their hands up for that? Yeah. Although that, I'm afraid a lot of the country did, because, you know, neoliberal economics and factorism <laughs> was part of the democratic process, supposedly. Mm. Curious how we get ourselves in this situation. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the online position. Where, where is that? Who can go to that? Where can we find that? Right. So if you do, if you just type change.org. Yeah. Uh, if you just Google it, actually, if you just Google change.org space curzon. Yeah. That petition. That's the first petition will come up on the search. Okay. You click on it, and then you can see there's already over six thousand uh, five hundred. Uh, petitions I need already. Okay, well we really need to, I'll, I'll put that both on the website Absolutely. to go with the show and I'll, I'll make a noise about that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's something that we can all do and, and people listening, you know, people at Resonance, because we've got, we've got very aggressive, uh, not aggressive, we've got a very actively political listenership. Brilliant. Brilliant. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Please support us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and on that petition, we also have our Twitter page and also our Facebook page. Okay, yeah. and, you know, and so we always keep posting lots of things on Twitter and just updates. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what's the Twitter feed? Uh, it's just Curs and Workers. Curs and Workers. Yeah, yeah, okay. Curs and Workers. Because yeah. this is this, you know, seeing new media seems to be the only mm. counter energy against neoliberal mm. economics and kind of just disposing of people. Um, that, that's the only place where the voice seems to be now. So please, please check these Twitter feeds out. I'll post details of that on the website too, I sure. Do my homework on this one and make sure that it's documented. And you know, we are so overwhelmed by the support from mm. the public, literally. I mean, um, we could not thank them enough, actually. And, uh, 
just want to say we're quite very grateful for it and we just hope more people will support us and also it's just as uh, as you said um you know it's just not about us as a as a it's, it's a it's a global issue it's a yes it's a national issue so you just would be this one and make it bigger and yeah. so you know we can work along with that too and we can just target all the cinemas and get everyone to pay you know the London living wage and so we can afford to live in this expensive city <laughs> and, the, and the momentum is gathering because um bfi do pay the London living wage but the government uh sorry but they can't be funded okay right. yeah. Um, but then, so City World, because people that work at City World are claiming benefits, so they're government funded to it. But it's, it's it, but it's pretend not government funded. This is this is part of the hypocrisy of the system. But um, you've got people that talk about smaller, smaller state and utterly relying on the state to subsidise and to pick up the pieces from the most they create. operators of the free market, and then when yeah. and then they don't realise how many trillions did we give the bankers? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's so absurd. But it's, even eight pounds eighty, you know, London living wage. Yeah. It really should be over ten pounds. Yeah. So it's about this. And as, as you're pointing out, um, it's only because the government is counting impossible benefits that you might get that it drops to eight pounds eighty. So yeah, yeah, even yeah, yeah, on eight pounds eighty, yeah. yeah. persons being subsidised. Yeah. And any self-respecting business should be able to stand on its own two feet and pay its workers a decent wage. Absolutely, especially so what's funding. They're spending eight million pounds on expansions. I mean, they say they found shareholders and other business people to, you know, make, you know, they're finding money. Why can't they just find money to sustain the current cinemas and stuff like that? Well, people will invest in a kleptocratic organisation because this is what this is. You know, that, that, that's what it becomes when you've got a free market and people that are actually doing the work aren't being paid. You're being stolen from, and if you're stealing, then that's a good. You know, that looks good on paper for the balance sheet, I guess. Mm. Whereas the notion of slightly more difficult, that's mm. all, slightly more difficult to make something that works for everyone. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, business is very, very lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we hope as cousins that we don't want to go on strike. You know, we, we want a peaceful working workplace, we want a peaceful relationship with our cousin bosses, but, mm. uh, you know, with the cousin hurdles. But, you know, if they want, if they're not going to listen to us, if they're not going to pay us, which is a long overdue pay, mm. then we'll probably just end up like racist in our world, you know, they're going to go on strike. And I think we're, we're following their footsteps. Right. And we are at more of a negotiation period, which, you know, back to is negotiating for us with the cousin bosses. So, you know, there's still time and space to negotiate and come up with good conclusions and good, uh, what do you call it? Uh, outcome. outcome. Yes, thank you. Uh, you know, so this is the, actually the challenge to to be a good example. Really, it's not too late, but you don't take the piss, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and step up, have some balls and man up, and just do it. My, pardon my French, but uh, no, no, absolutely. And this is this is a hugely passionate issue. What's happening with Brexit? What's what's the deal there? Because I don't actually know. Well, it's breaking news today. Great, you heard it here first, or probably as this is going to go out until next Tuesday. That <laughs> 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 um, breaking news today that uh, they have held a ballot for industrial action, and the turnout has been very impressive. And the 
the vote has been overwhelmingly for industrial action, so they will be going out on strike for the next week. Mm, excellent. Clearly there's always that kind of few days when management can come back to them. Yes. So we'll, we're watching it carefully. Yeah, see what happens. Because Fritzy especially, I mean, it's, it's, you can't get a more cuddly brand. You know, as far as, you know, being an artist, I think Fritzy has been really old school community. But it was picture has it is now Cine World. Is it? Has he had any acquisitions? There's a new boss to Cine World. Yeah. Global. Okay. Who don't, I don't think he gets it. <laughs> oh my god. But he'll have a wake up call next week, yes. <laughs> but you're right, I mean, these cinemas, it's not just that um, they are perceived as being smaller and therefore should be caring employers, but also they benefit enormously from having people like us who actually know what we're talking about. Exactly. How many times do you walk into an Odeon or a cinema and it's not their fault, but, no. they are, but it's such a so conveyor belt for them no. that they're not even engaged in conversations <laughs> about the films, whereas at Curzon we, we are, and they're expected to know informed and be advisors in a way. I think when, when markets talk about value, they talk about value and what I think is because profits, you know, there, there's only so much energy in the universe as such, thinking in a bigger way. And the value that is being sucked out in the bottom, the value of going somewhere like the Ritzy or the Curzon, where I know that everyone there loves the same films I love and is actually passionate and interested. And it's part of the, you know, from my own experience of people that work in the independent cinemas that go on to make film and to be writers and actors and artists as well. That's the value that value is, is the value for the whole of society, the whole of a community. That's been sucked out by this notion of a global thing. That's where the value is coming from. It's coming from every single person that cares. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so apparent that's changing as well. We've always kind of really prided ourselves on our individualism at the cinema. Hmm. People have loved that about us that you can come and you can tell everyone's slightly different in the way yeah. they react to things. Hmm. But, you know, even with small changes like at the moment, like everyone dresses very different, but in the next few weeks, you're going to be seeing us in these Brit Vic sponsored uniforms. No! Yeah. So it's all so <laughs> even vulgar. It's not like that huge change. Yeah. The individuality is kind of, you know, I, I, I was, you know, there was, there was, I remember at Metro going back to that place, so there was, there was one work that always had the most extraordinary makeup, and we'd be sitting there with her book while everyone was in the cinema, because I'd go in to see my friends working there, working on the makeup and the book, and it was lovely. So I, yeah. It was like another part of home that I could go to yeah. to visit. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, that wasn't just me, that's a lot of people. Well, it's, it's the way to engage with the customers as well. You yeah. know, we don't just have to inform them on the film they're going to see. It starts with a conversation, we get to know our customers. We've become very close with them because we've worked there for many years. Um, but yeah, the little things like now you say this person, bro, we're not allowed to read in the cinema, anything like that. You have these. You can't have books in the cinema. We're not allowed to read. What, what is this? Because they're banning and books for prisoners. Books for prisoners, no books for prisoners, no books when you're. Uh, uh, no internet access. And so, yeah. Yeah, so we can't give we can't give any reviews of films. No. We can't, you know, we are pretty good at giving directions to you know for our, all of our other cinemas. We yes. can't do that, and also directions, and also for us to learn something on the internet when this uh, you know uh, free time we can yeah. read stuff so that we can enhance our knowledge exactly <laughs> I mean that's, that's part of the, the, the reason yeah. you have an interesting demographic Absolutely. working in cinemas is because there's time there for you yeah. to be yourself Absolutely. it's just because just one 
you know, just one person probably saw one person reading, looking at the email or checking emails, you know, thought, oh, he's not doing his work. And take the internet off. That was that, just based on one person. Absurd and disgusting yeah. and disgraceful. Yeah. And, you know, it's the funny thing is, like, this is, this is what's quite disappointing, uh, you know, because I don't know who hires these people, but they hire temporary people from other cinemas, few cinemas, mm. and, you know, these guys are getting paid, you know, I think £75,000 for six months contract. That's, that's a whole lot. That's like 12500 a month. And they come in. They don't they, they, they change the whole system of the cinema and they leave. Yes. They don't care about they don't care about six months. Mm. They just tick the boxes. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're done so some consultants, really. And so now we Yeah, and so now we have insultants. another insult. Insult. Yeah, and so now we have another insult yeah. from uh, from the interview cinema. Uh, and this person has no clue what we're doing and literally just pressuring all the uh, cinema managers, bless cinema managers, I mean, thank God for cinema managers, but bless them. Yeah, in, the venues. in the venues, yes, in the venues, just under so much pressure. Mm. You know, they've just been targeted, they've been asked to reach the sales target, uh, you know, and if they don't, why they have to give explanations. When it's all short-staffed, um, and so then we get it as a staff members to double work and you know we'll have to stay late and do unnecessary work and yeah it's sort of pretension really in the cinema it's just not really fun anymore to work. It's my it, it, it's what I think why why it's really interesting having you because what you're describing is a microcosm of what's happening mm. everywhere. Mm. This is this is what's happening. Yeah. The, you know this, the, the human value has been sucked out. They've taken away. Yeah. Um, you go go to why should you have to hate going to work? Exactly. Why? Absolutely. Oh, you said yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Cursing is one of the best places to go to work, you know, because of the people and the customers yes. and the films that we showed. Like, it was so much fun. Like, like a second like home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We loved going there. We loved working there. Yes. I just feel yeah. like it hasn't done the company any damage in the years previously at being like that. Yeah. You know, that's how they've built their reputation. That's the selling point. Exactly. That's it. Um, you talk about the view. You know, very rarely, there's one down the road then. It's this giant, cavernous... It's cavernous, it's vast, and kind of these empty corridors. And I really feel sorry for the people that work there, they kind of just look lost. People that just, it's as if they just come in and say, right, sell some tickets, say, what are the tickets, what are the tickets, I don't know. Because um, that is the business model, that's the thing. Yeah. And I don't like going there to that, I don't like think that was good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. I started making that noise for his name, copying that from someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to phone her up and tell her. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> because of all this, you know, palaver that's been happening in the cinema, some good people have left the cinema. Of course. Some people who have actually made the cinema look good and also maintained the, 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 the what do you call it? Um, the heart of it. The heart of the cinema. Yeah. The heart of the cinema. They've left. Well, they've been bullied out. They've been bullied out. Yeah, they've yeah. And, and now they're working for another cinema. Someone's working for the Curzon's enemy. And it's, it's really sad and if they've lost it. Um, and we feel really sad about it as well, like, you know, and so slowly, one by one, people are leaving. And, you know, and they probably just want to hire someone who doesn't question anything and will just do work as, as they get told. It's asset stripping, this is what it sounds like, mm. asset stripping, because they're taking something that's a fantastic asset for the whole of London, the whole of the film industry, they're working there, the customers, everyone, everyone benefits from this 
caring organisation. Mm. So you've got a brand, you've got something to think, yeah, Curzon, I'll go to Curzon. If I think of going to the cinema, I think of going to Curzon or, you know, independent because the whole experience. Absolutely. And the fact that someone's sitting there checking their internet and reading a book, oh, what are you reading? That's good. I'd like to read that. That's interesting. I'd like to know. I'd like to know who you are and what you're doing. And instead of taking that brand, stripping out all the assets, they're going to make a quick profit and then it'll be gone. It'll be the view, view. Every cinema will be a Odeon view. It's very short term. It's it's not, you know, strip the profits off. Yeah. Take profits offshore mm. and fuck everybody. <laughs> I'll beat that out if it's the afternoon slot. I keep asking for an evening slot for my show because I'm too adult for the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, any, any th- I mean, you know. company accounts, yeah. most, uh, it seems that a lot is offshore. It's bound to be. It's, a, it's simply bound to be because that is the business model. You do, you, you do not contribute to the society you're a part of. That is the international, globalised economic model. It's not an aberration. So if they are paying correct tax and fulfilling uh, society duties, moral duties, then they're a dysfunctional company. Mm. Mm. Just like they have been already anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can see that. I mean, yeah. this doesn't happen in isolation. It's part of the whole package. Yeah. You know, and you know, I wonder, like, actually, like, why? Why? Why are we? Are we going to double? Why just another double? Like, you know. Well, rumor has it they're just trying to do this to sell it on, aren't they? Yeah. In the next couple of years, that's what we're going to do. Presumably, you're being primed. It's asset stripping. That's exactly. that's why, from what you've described, it's 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 the same thing that started in the 70s or 60s and 70s, mm. when um, industry was stripped and sold out. And this is just another, you know, everything, everything gets stripped and sold out. And it's very clear why they don't want to give us an underlying wage, because that's not going to be very appealing for some potential buyer of the company. Shareholders, they're not making a sustainable company, their asset stripping is about destroying the company. Well, do you think the trustees know this? Do you think the Richard Attenborough, the David Putnam's, the... Richard, are you listening to this? Yeah, are you, are you listening? So who, who are the trustees? Richard Attenborough, David Putnam, Lord Bradburn, Sir Hugh Sykes, oh, that's Philip Susanna Lundin's Franklin, Lundin. Sarah Butcher, well, probably, his granddad probably knows them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, trustees, if you, if, if you get to hear about this, you're not doing your job, you're not taking care. Because I think a trustee is someone who should take care and this, if you're a trustee of this organisation, then you are missing what's going on. It's been stripped and emptied and destroyed. And in particular, this is a heartfelt call for Roger Wingate. He started, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Roger Wingate is the, yeah, the main person who started it all in the old days and then... When was it started? You know, 60s, 70s? In the 70s, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay, not sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, look, should we just. You know, I really would like Resonance listeners uh, to get involved in this because I know Resonance listeners are your audience. They are the people, not audience, they're, they're the people that come along to Curse on Cinema. Mm-hmm. What we have in Curse on Cinemas has been stripped and taken away, and Resonance listeners can 
activate, press some buttons, follow some links, go to change.org, um, Curzon, what's the Twitter? It's Curzon Workers. Curzon Workers, Twitter, and look at the links that will follow on my website, and let's join in on this, because this is, this is the heart of Creative London. Absolutely. And, and you know, when, if you come into the cinema, come and talk to us, you know, we'll be happy to talk to you. Talk to the staff. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're still very friendly and happy. Because all we have is just us together as a staff members. Exactly. That's what that's And that's the resonance listeners, the people that come absolutely. along. You know, we are we are part of the family and what it sounds like is that someone's come along and is stealing our family silver, then the family home and then our underwear, they're gonna send it to <laughs> You know, we're going to be pantless in no time at all. <laughs> Alright, thanks very much for coming along. Thank you so much for having us. And um, I hope I can make it sound suitable. Let's see what happens. Thanks. Thank you. theme this week and I've got another guest here to speak to us today is Salman Shaheen from where are you from? I'm from Left Unity. Uh, Left Unity is uh, the new political party of the left in this country and uh, it was founded in November, the end of November of last year uh, with the support of uh, the filmmaker Ken Loach and it's now really been, it's been taking off uh, dramatically. We've, uh, we've gained around 500 members in the last week alone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we've got over 2,000 members now and uh, I mean, the, the reason I think for that is because uh, people are fed up with the, the current political system, they're, they're fed up with uh, conservative austerity, they're fed up with the, the lying Lib Dem stooges who are, who are backing the conservatives of the hills, and they're fed up with Labour too for not providing an effective opposition to austerity. I mean, you know, uh, only the other week uh, Labour voted to, uh, to support the, the welfare cap, which is uh, going to hit disabled people hard, and it's going to push, according to Save the Children, it's going to push 345,000 children into poverty in four years, and that's... At, how can a Labour? How can a Labour party? I don't understand either. It's 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 mind-boggling and breathtaking. Um, what alternative are you offering, or what? How are you attempting to offer some kind of an alternative? Well, we're we're attempting to offer some uh, some very strong anti-austerity policies, which would um, you know w- would help um, the the poorest people in this country. Um, uh, we want to introduce a mandatory living wage, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miliband has uh, has made a little bit of noise about the living wage, but he he supports a voluntary living wage. Well. I mean, how many big multinational companies uh, voluntarily stop exploiting people? I, exactly. I, I, don't, I, don't I, I don't think it's happened once in the history of mankind. <laughs> well, exactly. So yeah. I think we need a, a mandatory living wage. I, yeah. I think we need to uh, bring back into public ownership the, the railways and, and the energy companies mm-hmm. so that we, um, we can uh, push down spiralling costs for, uh, for consumers and also uh, give more power to their workers. We, we would support um, systems of workers' cooperatives, for example, um, to... to empower workers in their environment. 
How do you think this is going to work in in the sense of... Uh, I mean, I've always been drawn to sort of green votes and things like that, although I always vote Labour. I mean, uh, because it's a duopoly in many respects. Mm. I see our voting system in this country as a duopoly. So how is... Uh, I'm always frightened of the splintering of the left because we do have many more opinions on mm. the left, whereas it seems like right-wing is just like be frightened of everyone, hurt everyone, and get as much for yourself as possible. What about that? In, I mean, I, I grew up in a, a Labour voting household. My parents have voted uh, Labour for as long as they, they could vote, uh, up until the Iraq war. That's what uh, turned yeah. them away yeah. from Labour. The first, um, you know, I'm, I'm 29, the first election that I could vote in was 2005. That was immediately after the Iraq war. I say after, it's still going on. People yeah, yeah, are still yeah, getting blown up in Iraq every day. Uh, how I couldn't bring myself to hold my nose and vote Labour then. Uh, you know, but... Obviously, we have a vicious Conservative government. I would prefer a Labour government to a Conservative mm. government. It's mildly better. Uh, left unity wouldn't want to stand against solid, decent, good left-wing Labour MPs. Okay. It would uh, it would hope to challenge the right of Labour. Mm. Um, and, and unfortunately, the right of Labour is dominant. Uh, and, but if, if I mean, people are worried about sort of splitting splitting the left wing vote. It seems to me that Labour's split the left wing vote by not being left wing anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's moved so far to the right, and there's got to be pushback against that. Mm. New Labour was founded on the idea that uh, the Labour Party could move as far as it likes to the right, and it could rely and take for granted um, on, on the, uh, the the working class and the left wing vote. And I think the, the elastic's got to snap at some point. People are beginning to feel unrepresented mm. uh, in, in British representative, uh, so-called representative parliamentary democracy, which is really just, it's a sham. A, a two-party state, in my view, is, uh, is, about, is only twice as good as a dictatorship. Yeah, that's a really nice point. I like that. So who have you got supporting you at the moment? You mentioned Ken Loach, because I, I, I get slightly worried with my own nostalgia as such when I saw Spirit of 45 you know there's a lot of tears to my eyes and this the 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 people speaking when you hear Bevin speaking things like that it's like genuine politicians leading with with balls and conviction and and genuine progressive thought for humanity and it seems to have been just stepping back and back and back from that ever since it, it's um it's, it's it's very sad isn't it I mean the modern sort of mass-produced uh, media uh, led politician who's uh, afraid to say anything out of a very uh, very small stage managed comfort zone mm. uh, it, I mean it's disgusting really isn't it uh, I'd, I'd much rather see some politicians who had some convictions Miliband's the son of a, a great Marxist academic yeah. uh, he, Ralph Miliband was a, a man with convictions I think I, I, I don't know what he would have been like leading the Labour Party whether he would have ever been allowed to lead the Labour Party but uh, you know I, I'd like to think if, if Ralph Miliband was alive today he'd be uh, he'd, be, he'd be supporting left unity, uh, uh, but uh, Ken Loach, as, as you say, was supporting us. The uh, the late great actor Roger Lloyd Pack um, was uh, was a supporter of left unity. We've got uh, you know, numerous artists and uh, and writers um, supporting left unity. Also, uh, you know, some of the the far left groups in 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 Britain have. Uh, encourage their members to to join mm. left unity and a lot of disaffected labor members are coming over to us now since you know since we've launched i think that's the sort of the main draw we've we've had it, mm. the, the influx of members have been people who are just fed up with labor i think that after i mean after the the, the, the sad death of uh, tony ben who i think i think was one of the the last great people left in labor from the sure. bygone age of the yeah. labor party uh, after he sadly and passed away, the, I think the, people realised... The sound of the police state going past the window there at the 
moment. Probably coming upstairs to arrest us at any moment for having any notion of dissent. There you go, the siren's gone. So back to Tony Benn. Uh, well, you know, after the, after the uh, the sad uh, sad death of Tony Benn, I think that was people realised that's one of the last great figures of a, a bygone age of the Labour Party when mm. the Labour Party was a genuine Labour Party. Uh, has has gone now, and and you know, in, at the same time, we had Miliband voting for the welfare cap. It's it's all sort of crystallised around an, an idea that people don't feel represented by the Labour Party anymore. And is this? Do you think this is coming from kind of focus group politics? That you know that we we saw that very much starting with Clinton in in America, and then Tony Blair was the ultimate example of that, where he basically had a small group of people in Basildon forming the opinions that that you know we will continue in power and with a consensus if we follow these opinions i mean that that's sort of uh, evidence based policy and focus groups were at the core of what new labor mm. sort of stood for really but i mean i think it's gone so far that they're not even listening to the focus groups anymore the evidence of that is that 90% of people uh, in this country are in favour of renationalising the railways. 65% of people in this country are in favour of uh, renationalising the energy companies. And Labour's not talking about that. Why is Labour not talking about that? Well, I su- suspect it's because they're listening, instead of listening to their focus groups, they're listening to uh, to the money of big business, uh, banking, bankrolling them just as much as it does the Tories. But I wonder how much how much does a political party need to be bankrolled now? I mean, if, if, if a party wasn't bankrolled... Is this what's happening? I mean, I'm really curious to know what's happening because it's like this Wizard of Oz process that once these people become elected and get into powerful positions, they go behind the curtain and suddenly it's back to the same games all over again. Well, and they start, they start fiddling on the side as well. We've had the expenses scandal. We've yeah. uh, got politicians using their positions to... Uh, uh, to to make all sorts of money on the side through business interests and 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 whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's 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 corrupt. It's bankrupt. It's a disgusting political system that mm. we we need to shake up. And you know, uh, I, I hope that we can. And if we can't, you know, if 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 one day, uh, um, you know, left unity suddenly uh, suddenly finds itself in the same position, well then I will be supporting the the, the new left unity. New <laughs> left, yeah, because it's it's eternal revolution, isn't it? You've, got, <laughs> you've constantly got to shake things up and change. I think um, um, I think it was. Uh, Edward Abbey who said society is like a stew if you don't uh, keep it stirred up every now and again then the scum floats to the top. It certainly has in this instance it's, um, I tweeted the very the night of the coalition's agreement, I just said Tory scum out now, which was, which was that was the sound of my youth you know, it was throughout the Thatcher years Tory scum out and I just tweeted, you're going to want to say it You've heard it here first, <laughs> and soon everyone will be saying it. But what shocks me is that there's that that's not the voice. That's not the voice I hear. I, I'm really worried that I live in this kind of um, uh, Stepford Wise world because there's people out there that vote for Boris Johnson. There's people out there that vote for Tony Blair. I pass them in the street every day, and after the last foul budget a few weeks ago. The Tory lead, uh, the Tory almost became parity in the polls with hmm. la- with Labour. I, mean, I think that's, I mean, that, that's purely because uh, Labour's providing such a weak and ineffectual opposition. Labour was good 12 point. point ahead in the polls um, mm. at the beginning of last year when it was coming out with good policies. It mm. came out with uh, a very strong policy, which was to bring back the uh, the 10p 
tax band mm-hmm. and fund it by a mansion tax. That's a clear redistributive policy that plays to its space. Yeah. Since then, Labour has, uh, has, has voted to support conservative spending plans, voted to uh, back the, the welfare cap, and it's, uh, it, it's not provided an effective opposition to privatisation. So it, it's, it's floundered, and, uh, and that's why it's the, the leaders now. I mean, obviously there are other factors like the, the recovering economy, but uh, you know, given the Tories are losing votes left, right and centre, well, actually, just to the right <laughs> of uh, yeah. to, to UKIP, I yeah. mean, it's it's clear that Labour's doing something spectacularly wrong to uh, to not be pulling ahead. And on the Boris Johnson question, I like Boris Johnson. I, I think he's a very funny man. I want Boris Johnson back on Have I Got News For You. I don't want him running uh, running London. No. I don't want him running this country. He's a, a terrible politician. Yeah, of course he is. He's, um, he's the worst of the worst. But because he appears to have a charming face, but he's as genuinely evil as them all, I believe. Um, so where do we find out about New Unity? Where, where, what, when, why? How can resonance listeners, I can hear them banging at the doors of revolution right now, <laughs> Um, what are they going to do to find out? Left Unity, go on uh, www.leftunity.org um, and you can you can join up online. Uh, it, membership starts from 50p a month for the unemployed and um, and if, if you're waged you can you can contribute a bit more. Minimum I think is uh, it's about £2. So it is a party that's open to absolutely everyone uh, no, no matter how, um, how hard up you are and you can go online and, and find your local branch. We now have um, over 40 branches around the country including uh, many in London. Uh, all over all over London so uh, I really would encourage you to get involved uh, make it your party it's a party that's being built uh, from the bottom up democratically by grassroots activists in a very organic fashion and I would say uh, get involved and, and, and make it what you want it to be fantastic um, we're all going to look into that um, I'll say thanks very much for coming in Thank you. saying hello uh, but we can continue our conversation off air or even still on tape whichever way we go that's a nice segment thanks so much thank you you have been listening to Ice Topic Air here on Resonance 104.4 FM today you have been privileged to hear some workers in a very difficult position who have spoken out against the terrible conditions and the destruction as it seems of a much loved series of institutions in London the art house cinemas are turning into something else altogether Years and years ago, I used to smoke very thick Lebanese spliff joints in the electric cinema and their all-night screenings, watching performance through the hash haze of Portobello Road. And it was just joyous. It was wonderful. But now the electric cinema is owned by a sort of okey-cokey media trustafarian franchise nastiness that kind of just shows blockbuster films with the most ridiculous prices and I'm sure when they were living there um, the Camerons would often have their privileged little bottoms on the seats. Anyway, that used to be a beautiful place and I must admit it never really did very well in the marketplace. It was an art house cinema. It was run as a collective for a long time and it almost closed down forever. So at least it's there, it's open, but my thought, my thought is as a human race, we can do so much better. It doesn't need to be this free, vicious, drain-it-all market economy. We can do much better culturally, artistically, spiritually, morally, politically. Should we do that, boys and girls? Follow the links on my website, being www.theculture.net, to all of the activities that you've been hearing about today on Nicer Topica here on Resonance 104.4 FM. 
Curzon Workers at Twitter and Change.org, where there's a petition asking for simply for what is actually part of the... It's a human right. It's proposed and suggested to be a human right that we have a living wage. Not to work for not enough money to live in this very, very, very expensive city. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I don't think you think so either. So please get involved. Follow the links. Theculture.net being my website. This is Simon Tushko. This is Isotopica. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. I do look forward to sharing another hour with you. Same time, same place. Resonance FM 104.4 FM on your London dial. Bye for now. This program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.